is Bloomberg Surveillance. Now, I'm not 100% sure the economy has slowed. I think that in this recovery all along, we've been growing 2 2.5% in that range. When there's very little productivity growth, actually 2.5% wage growth is beginning to emerge as something of a threat to the Fed's inflation target. The 2016-17 economic outlook is somewhere between a muddle long and garden variety recession. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Good morning, Worldwide. A Friday, Bloomberg Surveillance, thrilled you're with us. Churn to the market. What a week in international relations. What a week for retail shares. We will speak about retail here in a moment with one D. Wilson. Bloomberg Surveillance and our Forex Brief, led by the Brazilian Real, brought to you by Interactive Brokers, winner of FX Week's 2015 award for the best in retail Forex trading, visit IB at IBKR.com slash Forex. IB at IBKR.com slash Forex. Brazilian Real, 3.49. It was 3.45. And with the changing of the guard in Brazil, the new announcements, 3.49 on Brazilian Real. Still strong trading. Excuse me, still weaker trading uh, this morning. Weaker yen, stronger dollar off the retail story. Dollar 94.55 off DXY. Uh, Yen 109.09. Uh, as well. Other than that, a churn to foreign exchange. Oliver Chen, moments ago, publishing on uh, J.C. Panay, uh, he says, trend is not your friend. He sees some challenging uh, moments for uh, J.C. Penney, makes clear the conference call will uh, sport. We await more details, especially yeah. on gross margins. Well, J.C. Penney shares down uh, 10%, and uh, Nordstrom, which had bad numbers last night, yeah. was down 15% well, in the pre-market. Let's begin that coverage. David Wilson leading with Nordstrom and J.C. Penney. What a week, David Wilson. Oh, absolutely, and that's two out of three. And the third one, a smaller uh, department store chain is Dillard's, and that stock's down 5.5%. It's all about you know, numbers not coming through for the first quarter or profit forecast not measuring up. In Dillard's case, it's about the first quarter results. Uh, with Penny, it's all about sales and, you know, they're cutting their uh, full year forecast for gross margin or earnings after merchandise costs as a percentage of sales. And Nordstrom, you know, cutting forecast for earnings and sales growth this fiscal year. Now, Nordstrom's talking about cutting capital spending and eliminating as many as 400 jobs. Nonetheless, all those stocks taking a beating in early trading. Even Tiffany's down 2%, sort of an unrelated story. Still the retailer, though. Chief Financial Officer Ralph Nicoletti resigned after two years. He'll take the CFO job at consumer goods maker Newell Brands starting next month. Looking elsewhere, Biogen's down 1.5%. The drug maker's hemophilia business won't be a target for Novo Nordisk, even though the Danish company is looking to make deals. Now, Novo's CEO, Lars Rebian Sorensen, said in an interview that his company isn't the right buyer because its products are similar to Biogen's. Uh, you do have NVIDIA shares up 10.5%. The maker of graphics chips posted first quarter earnings and sales to beat projections. NVIDIA's revenue forecast for the second quarter also surpassed analyst average estimate in the Bloomberg survey. Western Digital down 2.5%. The disk drive maker was cut the equivalent of sell from neutral at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Now, this move is interesting. It was made just a day after the company completed the $14 billion purchase of memory chip maker SanDisk. And Merrill was an advisor to Western Digital on the deal. 
couple more for you. Shake Shack up 7%. The restaurant chain's first quarter earnings and sales topped estimates. And South Jersey Industries up 4%. The utility raising $184 million in a stock sale. And, Tom, you know, I tried to give you your Chenier Energy but update. But you did. You yesterday. failed. Right, because you didn't read my email. Anyway, here's the deal. Chenier was up 6.2% yesterday. The shale gas exporter hired Calpine chairman and former chief executive Jack Fusco as its CEO. Yes, I saw that. Yes, yes, yes. And Carl Icahn, who's the biggest shareholder in Chenier, put out a tweet saying he liked the hiring. David Wilson with our gossip on equities. Whoever thought David Wilson would be looking at Twitter for equity work? Uh, This is great. Thank you, David. Savi Scythe is with Raymond James, and she is in charge of you sitting on the plane going, when will the stupid baggage thing stop? She joins us now. Savi, when are the airplanes going to say enough about everybody bringing all their baggage on board? Where does that stand? Well, you know, bringing your baggage on board is uh, they're they're charging for the check check baggage because it it costs money. And then it also uh, makes you not subsidize another passenger checking your bag. And then they do limit you to a a bag. So, uh, I mean, I think the, the system is working right now. They're uh, investing in uh, extra, maybe larger bins so that everybody can fit their bags. But uh, yeah. I, I think it's working for now. Okay, I'll go with that. I love what you say about walk-up fares. Mike, when was the last time you did a walk-up fare at an airport? <laughs> it's like in the movies. Do people still do that, Savi? Do they walk up and buy a plane ticket? You know, walk-up fares is, is, is more of a term used. It's, it's basically for a fare bought within the seven-day seven window. And, and fares do tend to move up during that window because it tends to be business passengers who are less price-sensitive that buy it at that time. So interestingly, with fares down, you are seeing more and more leisure passengers, you know, uh, pushing off their, their purchasing decisions till till later on. And um, and so it, it's an interesting dynamic. But generally, walk-up fares that refer to kind of business-type uh, business fares. Well, the uh, the latest trend is uh, this idea of the ultra cheap fare. Um, I, I guess Delta started it, and now I see that uh, American and United Continental are going to join in this idea that we'll give you the lowest fare possible, but for that you get nothing. You don't even get an assigned seat. It, it is a response to you know the the popularity of these unbuttled fares that uh, airlines like Spirit or Allegiant are offering, and and you know to to certain uh, travelers, I, I think that is attractive because you get a base fare and then you get to pick and choose exactly what you value and pay for those. And so uh, if you can fit a bag under the seat in front of you, you can get you know get to where you're going at a very low low fare. So I think they're responding to to the popularity of that product. Now it's not for everybody. Um, and so, and they are responding to the fact that sometimes we think we want that fare, and then we ended up end up buying a lot more. Um, and so they want to be able to address uh, that type of that part of the market. Um, so I think it's more choice for the consumer, and, and it's, it's a good thing. But why are they doing it? They're, the planes are full, and uh, the business people aren't getting a break on 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 prices. So why do they feel the need to even put it out there? Well, even they are seeing a lot of uh, some of their customers uh, that they were losing some customers to uh, the likes of these unbuttled carriers, and so um, it's it's just a way to appeal to to many different travelers. And look, yeah. if it's a very low fare that doesn't cover their cost, they're just not going to offer it. But if there is a fare that they think they can uh, that that they can address with a, a profitable level, then they're going to go after it. 
Savvy, let's start with the individual companies. Um, JetBlue, I noticed the other day, was way up high on, you know, frequent flyer miles favorability. Uh, you have a very constructive tone, it seems, on JetBlue. What are they doing that other carriers aren't doing? What is the JetBlue distinction? I think JetBlue's long uh, had a very good product. They just haven't been able to monetize it very well in the sense that passengers love the product that they offer, but they haven't been willing to pay them much more than they would pay another airline to, to fly maybe a relatively inferior product. Um, and what JetBlue's getting uh, and what we like about what JetBlue's doing is they're getting smarter about how they try to extract that value. Um, you know, it is probably not something the passengers want to hear, but they have a lot more like room than a lot of other airlines yes offer. they do and I, I pay for it so exactly. mike it's like 30 bucks here 75 bucks here and you know pretty soon the wallet's gone you're uh, <laughs> you, you are a little uh, taller than than most of us but it kind of raises the question of what it is consumers or let me put it this way airline passengers are paying for uh do we find loyalty to brands among Consumers, I think you still have it with business people who are a little less price insensitive and go with the guy giving the frequent flyer miles. But do consumers care anymore? Um, they do, and, and I think there again there are different segments of the market. There's one segment of the market that's very price sensitive, and they're willing to be a little bit uncomfortable for you know a couple hour flight if they have more money to spend once they get where they're going. Uh, and then there's a, a, another group of customers, either because they're very tall mm-hmm. and would like the extra leg room, um, or or just want a better a product. And and I think the like brands like Virgin America or JetBlue appeal to those passengers. Um, and, 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 you know, the interesting thing is even Delta, which, you know, is a legacy carrier, they are doing something very different here. They've invested quite a bit on their product and quite a bit on the operations. So the business passenger is attracted to Delta not just because they get more frequent flyer, but also because they get you on time where you're going. We're going to come back on this, but, but uh, Savi, I think it's so important. Do you treat the free cash flow generation of these beasts in a new way because they're disciplined or is it still the same cyclical up and down that airlines have always been? Look, it's still a cyclical industry, right? But it is not the, you know, going from deathbed uh, to euphoria industry that yeah. it has been in the past. I think they're going to they're going to have some rough years when, you know, recessions are never very helpful when business passengers stop flying. But I think unlike the past where we might have to consider, you know, who might be filing bankruptcy, you know, we might even get airlines making a small profit during uh, during the worst times. Uh, free cash flow might still be a question, but you mm-hmm. know it's, it's a cyclical industry, and, and they will recover that. So it will be a healthy industry. We'll come back. Savvy Sith with us this morning. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The Obama administration is telling the nation's public schools that they must allow students to use bathrooms and locker rooms consistent with their chosen gender identity. The Departments of Education and Justice are releasing a directive today reminding public schools that there is no room in our schools for discrimination of any kind. Some Democratic Party leaders are concerned that Bernie Sanders, insisting that he will stay in the presidential race, will hurt frontrunner Hillary Clinton. Clinton, her aides and supporters, had largely resisted calling on Sanders to drop out. But now that Donald Trump has locked up the nomination, they fear he'll capitalize on Sanders' decision to remain in the race. Hezbollah says its top commander was killed in an explosion in Syria. 
Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. And Michael, thanks so much. Yields in, 10-year yield, 1.7292%. Two-year yield higher, 10-year yield lower. Odd. Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, we will continue taking a look at the airline industry, and then we'll turn our thoughts to Brazil. What's the best way to play it? Gabriela Santos joins us later. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. The Bloomberg Futures Report brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures are now little change to lower. They briefly erased declines as retail sales eased concerns that consumers were hesitant to boost their spending while also adding to the case for higher interest rates. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures are lower, down two points. Dow E-mini futures down 35. NASDAQ E-mini futures, little change. DAX in Germany is up half percent. Ten-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds. The yield 1.73 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1.2 percent or 56 cents to 46.13 a barrel. COMEX gold down a tenth of a percent or $1.20 to 12.70 an ounce. The euro, $1.1324. The yen, 109.07. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Mosca, thank you very much. Savi Seith covers the airline industry for Raymond James. She's with us now. Uh, and Karen was just talking about the, the economic data we got. Raises a question for me uh, about prices. Where are ticket prices going uh, for the airlines now that petroleum is going back up? Uh, are they going to be immediately passing along higher costs to everybody? Um, again, at the end of the day, pricing is set by demand, and, and right now what we're seeing is, you know, in the peak days is strong demands. I think pricing into the summer, July, August months will be strong. Uh, but, uh, you know, beyond that, it, it seems to be, you know, capacity has come into the market to adjust for lower fuel. So I, I don't see kind of an immediate move up in pricing, but eventually, and as, as you get to the fall, if, if fuel is much higher, I, I think you're going to see a little bit more uh, pricing uh, pass through with fuel rises. Well, with demand what it is, um, even ex-fuel, are we seeing sort of an inexorable rise because uh, the demand is strong enough that uh, the airlines uh, see an opportunity to, to keep pushing fares up? Um, you know, there's, there's been some softness. Uh, you saw it in the first quarter and you saw it in the U.S. GDP. And, and, and so this, going back to the close-in fare that we discussed earlier, there's been some softness there. And, and again, the airlines have added a lot more capacity because they can now fly uh, lower fares and still be profitable. Mm-hmm. So a combination of that, I don't think you've really seen fares move up, uh, not just uh-huh. yet. And, and so I think maybe in the fall is when you'll probably get the first chance to see higher fares. The number one thing, Savi, that I hear from people, is I have points or miles and I can't use them. Is the points guy, who I'm going to arguably say change the industry, the whole gaming of these charge cards wrapped into miles, his lead story today is 50,000 rapid rewards points from Southwest Air. How much do the airlines hate the points guy? 
You know, it's uh, it, it is a balance, and uh, you know, a balance in their hatred. Exactly, in, in the sense that they, you know, they want customers to be have, find value in, in the in the points uh, that they they do collect. Um, and at the same time, you know, they, they are having a hard time with high load factors, you know, uh, finding the, the seats for the reward miles. But it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance, and I think competition is, is going to work in the favor of, of consumers. Well, it's a, it, it is one way to, I guess, um, charge you for extras in the sense that if you stay loyal to an airline, you're, you're buying the right to get on the plane first and get more uh, carry-on luggage space or something like that. And, and, you know, and another thing, too, is that, that you'll see airlines do is just uh, expand the opportunity to use those points as well. So maybe uh, to be able to use those points to buy on board uh, items or, or to use it in their club lounges. So I think uh, they are aware of the frustration that consumers have about not being able to fully utilize it. Uh, and so I mm-hmm. think they're going to just expand the opportunity yeah. uh, and not just uh, the kind of free flight. Yeah, based on my anecdotal, they're dreaming. All people want is miles. They want, they want, I'm, it's, it's amazing some of the stuff I hear about it, international and domestic. Finally, Alaska Air is the poster child for the industry. They buy that airline with the little purple lights when you come on board in the white seats, and it's oh so cool. Is that going to work out, Alaska Air mating with uh, Mr. Cush and Virgin America? Is that going to be a good thing? I think it is. You know, Alaska has a pretty dominant position in the Pacific Northwest, and 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 Virgins clearly appeal to to travelers uh, in in uh, San Francisco and L.A. Um, and and you know, this is Alaska management team has a kind of a long uh, history of just kind of creating shareholder value and creating a product that customers really like. So I mm. I wouldn't bet against them, and I and I, mm. I think I think this is going to work. What's it's not going to be easy, but it's going to work. Oh, great. What's your single best buy? Uh, right now, you know, I do like Alaska. It's, it's for the longer term, uh, and, and the proposed acquisition clearly is, uh, you know, creates risks in the near term. But I think they're they're creating a platform for future growth. So uh, we, mm-hmm. we definitely like Alaska here. Best airline in the best airport, rather, in the country. Best airport, not the worst. It's easy to say the worst. Everybody focuses on which is the airport yeah. we should all aspire to. I'm going to go with uh, my hometown airport, Tampa, Air- uh, Tampa Airport. It's it actually gotten a lot of accolades, and uh, they do a good Excuse job of uh, uh, the Tampa International Airport. What, what do they do right? Uh, you know, they've been first with kind of free Wi-Fi. It's, it's easy to get to your gate. It's kind of short times. and uh, it's, So it's when the Pittsburgh easy. Penguins come in this week up one game to zero <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Lightning, when they come in, they'll have a good access into Tampa? <laughs> They'll have a good access into Tampa. That might be the only good thing that they have. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Tom. <laughs> Last time she's on, Sabi Sunny, thank you so much with Raymond James. Is the Tampa Bay Lightning. For those of you uh, worldwide, the Tampa the Tampa Bays. Good morning, Mr. Vinnick, if you're listening. The Tampa Bays always surprise in hockey. Yep. They are they are the team no one knows. It is a joy to watch. They are just a joy. Do they to watch. have ice? In they, have ice. they have ice, and they have loyal. And they have loyal a fans. really loyal fan base, and they're always. You watch them, and you go, "Why am I watching this?" And it's always a great, always a great game. And then you well. can go to the beach after the game. Yeah. Well, there it is. Savi said, this was great. We get huge response from our airline coverage, and we thank our team for getting us in front of Savi as she ran through the various things. The only thing we didn't get from her is miles. <laughs> no, I, I find in, in the day-to-day chat, 
all people want, Mike, is get me a ticket, get me yeah. a ticket, get me a ticket. Well, business people like the uh, the perk of being able to either get upgraded or or at least get on the plane earlier. You yeah. Know, so you get a place for your carry-on luggage. We will see. There it is, Savvy Sites with Raymond Hayes. We are having a wonderful Friday. Major shout-out. We're going to continue. Get the markets open for you and continue and finish strong here on a Friday. Worldwide, coast-to-coast, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg Surveillance. Counting down to the opening bell, brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.